and welcome back to the first official podcast episode of season two and this episode we'll be talking about some pros and cons of some software that I've used over the years and that might just give you an idea of if these software are going to be right for you or not right for you and just things to be aware of in my experience that are good or bad that you can also maybe look at what you're using and maybe they've got these features that aren't so great and it might be time for you to upgrade or maybe the software that you're using has all of the things that I'm talking about today in which case I would love to hear what software that is because I'm yet to find one that has all my favorite bits in them. So let's get straight into the first one. We'll first talk about Xero. I'm not sure if you have heard of Xero before, but Xero is a pretty big accounting software um, here in New Zealand where I am based and I am from. And I believe they have expanded out to a lot of countries around the world. So if you're in finance, accounting, and maybe in that small to medium sized um, range, then you will probably have heard of Xero potentially have used it in the past or are using it currently. So there's a few things that I really like about Xero and that's the fact that it has bank feeds which are a huge pro for me. I love a bank feed, the um, ease of doing your bank reconciliations when they automatically pull through and if they find a match in the system, it automatically turns green and all you have to do is click a button to confirm that yes, that is indeed the correct thing. So it's kind of like AI are looking at the two different things, one from the bank group, one from your accounting system. And if it thinks that it's the match, then it'll turn it green. And then you going through and checking to make sure that yes, that is indeed the correct match for that transaction. And then you can code everything else to GLs or um, transfers and that kind of thing between bank accounts. So super easy. One of the best features I think accounting software can have for time saving and ease. Uh, simple setup. So uh, I don't know if you've set up a zero before. It's not overly complicated and also the way that you can find things in zero, it's pretty intuitive and you don't have to look too far before you can find kind of what you're after and the settings are pretty easy to understand and find. So I love that about Xero. It's also cloud-based and it's a modern piece of software therefore it makes it really really easy to integrate with a lot of other softwares and that is really important in today's age when we've got all different businesses doing all different kinds of things around the world and if you want a cloud-based software then it needs to be able to be integrated with other softwares that you may need that are better specific to your operational side of the business so obviously Xero is a really great platform for your basic accounting but it doesn't have a lot of functionality to do with project management or inventory is pretty limited from what I remember it to have and so you do need or if you're a slightly bigger business using Xero and have a complex operational side, then I would say it's great, but you will need to get other software. It does integrate with a lot of other softwares, so that is a pro. And I don't think Xero are looking to probably branch out into that 
other those other markets because that's why it has all these integration links with other software so it doesn't have to worry about creating that on its own it just partners with what they think are the best uh, other softwares out there in those different areas of operation and the other pro that I have for Zero is the GST upload to IRD in New Zealand. I don't know um, how this would work over in other countries, but in New Zealand um, there is a very easy functionality for you to go through and check your GST returns and then a simple click of the button to push that into your IRD account and then your GST return is done. It makes it very easy and simple. On to the second one, which is a very small point. I used it for, I don't know, not very long and I can't really remember a lot of like standout pros or standout cons for this, but it was NAV. Uh, I believe it is owned by Microsoft. It's pretty average. The only thing that I can really remember about um, it being fantastic for me was a central database for your customer and supplier information or accounts. Uh, that to me was a really, really great function that I haven't seen. I don't believe it's in Zero. could be wrong, but it's not. definitely wouldn't be as good in Zero if it was in there because I remember the functionality and it definitely is not in the next one that I will be talking about either. So essentially what this was is the ability to set up a customer or supplier like card with the basics of the information, you know, your IID number, the name, an address, maybe contact email address, maybe contact phone number, uh, payment terms, all those kinds of things. And then that would sit in a central database in NAV. And we had um, multiple, multiple entities. And what you would do is obviously create this card in the database. And then you would send it off to IT. IT would upload that and check that it was all correct. And then they would, and you'd tell them what specific entity that that actually needed to be pushed into. It would be created in the database and then they'd automatically push that into the entity that you needed to use it for. And then anybody else who ever needed that could go into the central database, type in the name to make sure it wasn't already set up. And if they found that the card was already set up for that supplier, then they could just simply press a button to pull it into the entity that they needed it into. It was super easy and I have not seen that in any other softwares that I've used. And I think that is that is just a huge pro for any business that is operating multiple entities. It's just going to save you so much time not having to repeat entering in multiple suppliers with the exact same details for every single different entity that may be using them. If you've got like five or ten entities that all start to use a new first aid supplier for their first aid kits for every location then you're going to have to set up that new supplier five to ten times however many entities that you have and that's just a waste of everybody's time if you can just do it the once and then pull it in with a click of a button that is in my opinion the best that process can be so that is pretty much all i have on nav and then the next one is the one that i'm currently using which is myob green tree so it is definitely more of an enterprise highest level of software that I've used. Zero is 
for your small to mediums, I would say nav would be your medium size. And I think NYOB Green Tree is more for your bigger entities. I mean, it has some pros, but it has a lot of cons. So let's work through my list that I've got here. It has more functionality to do with job costing and project work than what nav or zero had. Uh, we mostly use where I work that functionality for um, quite complex capex jobs or uh, assets. So um, a lot of the assets that we have because we are in the farming industry, they're not just you buy one thing and that's the asset. Quite often, you know, you might be buying things that have a lot of different components and so there's a lot of different types of costs that go into creating a, an asset. So we need some sort of functionality that allowed us to add all these different costs up together and add it into only one asset card. And from memory, Zero and Nav, it was, I mean, they might have that functionality. I never used it. It was pretty much a, you enter an invoice, you put that invoice into an asset card and that's pretty much, or you set up the asset card and then you entered the, the one invoice into the asset number and then that was pretty much it and then you obviously put in your depreciation rates and tax rates and that kind of thing. But it was very basic whereas the functionality in Greentree allows you to set up uh, job costs and then you load all of your invoices that are to do with that same asset into your job cost code. And then at the end of your job cost code we have a big long process to collect all of those numbers into one amount and then that one amount gets uploaded as a new asset. So that was a really good, it's something that's really good in YOB. It's still not great, like that. we're definitely not using it correctly, but it's something that is quite nice to have without having to get an added on piece of software to do that portion of it. So it's something that's okay. Ability to add documents and attachments to pretty much everything that you do. So there's a huge pro for me in NYOB Greentree. Again, I don't really remember Zero and Nav. That was a few years ago that I used those two. I don't know if they had the exact same functionality to be able to add as many documents to as many things as possible like NYOB does. So pretty much every journal, every bank rec, every little like screen that pops up in Greentree there is the possibility for you to add a document which just um, makes things easier for traceability if you're confused as to why somebody might have done something there's normally an attachment to it and it's also a really great function for your audit if you i guess because greentree is more of the bigger enterprise software a lot of bigger enterprises and businesses need to be audited Therefore, it's great to have that functionality in there because when the auditors need to find something or question you about something, it's really easy for you to go in and click on whatever you did, look at the attachment, and then you can pretty much just tell them exactly why it was done because there's something in there for that. Uh, a lot of our like journals and things, we try to attach an attachment to everything that we do. So if anybody is looking as to why numbers are coming in and out of places, you should be able to click into that journal and there should be something there to show you why it was done or what it links back to. So you can go back and trace back to why it was done. So that's something that I really, really love about Green Tree. Um, the next thing is it's got really good separation of duty functionality. So you can set 
all different types of authority for all different types of users. So we have a delegated authority for approving payments. So that means all different types of users have their own set limit on how much they can approve. There's all different types of functionality in all the different types of areas within Greentree that you can allow people to either view or edit or have full functionality. You can hold back things, you can add things. Um, from memory, when I was using Xero, they had about, I don't know, three or four different user settings. So you were either like a full user, um, an admin, or there was like two or three other ones. And it, what it meant was they grouped a lot of, of the functionality together. So if you wanted somebody to have access to something, but maybe not something else, you couldn't really do that. It was either you fell underneath this group, which let you have access to all of this, or you were in this group, which meant you got all of this. There was a few times where we were trying to change what people were looking at, and it meant that if we gave them access to see something that we wanted them to see, it also meant that they had access to see a bunch of other stuff that we didn't want them to see. So it's just something to be aware of. And Nav, I don't really remember what the functionality was to do with like splitting of things. I think you pretty much had access to like do everything you needed to in Nav. I don't remember there being like too many barriers, but definitely in Green Tree. There's a lot of different barriers that you can set, which is really, really handy for when you've got that bigger organization and you need to set people up with different things that they can access. And some people shouldn't have access to maybe some things, but in different entities, they do need access to do that thing. So being able to limit what they have access to in different entities along with within the entity, what they should and shouldn't have, it was another pro for me. And then the cons for Green Tree are a number of the things that it doesn't have are things that I've already mentioned as pros and others. So bank feeds, it does not have bank feeds at all, uh, which I find really annoying because the bank recs that we have to do are sometimes really, really large. And you have to go into the bank, download your bank statement, and then manually type in each line of your bank statement into your bank rec and green tree which takes a lot of time that I just feel like we we don't need to be wasting. Um, it is quite a complex setup so when you're doing things adding new things in there is a lot of different places to look at there's a lot of different tip boxes to tick a lot of different things to add in. It means that even the most experienced IT person doing it can make a lot of mistakes in the setup which can cause a lot of problems down the line so just something to be aware of with that um, it's obviously not cloud-based it's actually quite old and is probably a wee bit outdated so it doesn't integrate with many other softwares um, which is a con and there is no easy GST upload or anything like that so it means that you do have to upload everything manually uh, payments are all manually added into a bank via a bank upload file but there's no direct push from your accounting software into the bank you have to log into the bank and set up each payment separately 
Um, so just a lot of those things and there's no central database for customer and supplier information and we have a lot of different entities which means sometimes we're setting up or changing the bank account for 20 plus entities that are all need to be changed to the exact same information but because there's no way to do this on a bulk level without having to export the data update it and then re-upload it um, there's just no easy way to do it which wastes a lot of time that's not ideal and then the last piece of software that i've been using recently is not an accounting piece of software but it is asana which is a project management software i'm sure a lot of you probably have heard of it it is quite popular it's kind of like a place that you can just track your projects track what you need to do and manage your tasks for the day the week the month the year i find it really really good to use i find it really intuitive and easy to follow along. Uh, it's easy to see what you need to do and when it needs to be done. And there's plenty of functionality uh, to customize things the way you want them to be if you move up the levels, uh, which brings me into pretty much my only con so far from Asana, and that is the price. Uh, it is, in my opinion, quite expensive. Is it worth the money? Uh, yeah, if you fully embrace it, like if your business wants to fully adapt it into the way that they do everything, then yes, I would say you can definitely get your money's worth out of it. If you're not going to fully utilize all of the functionality at the level that you want to buy in at, because you've got your free version, your basics, your business, and your enterprise from memory, then you're not going to be getting your money's worth out of it. So yeah that's pretty much my only con is that it in my opinion it is quite expensive but it does give you a lot of room to save time and for managers and leaders to get a really good overview of where your staff are at and if you move up to those higher levels of like up to your business and your enterprise levels there's a lot of extra functionality to see where your employees are at and if they're managing their tasks if they've got too much work on if they don't have enough work on if it balances out to be there 40 hours a week and that kind of thing so it will definitely help and I also think that it'll help a lot in managing when businesses really start to transition to that four-day work week I know that there have been trials in America and the UK and Australia and New Zealand now and I think I'm yet to hear anything bad about a four-day work week I think every study that I've read has all been pretty positive and people are finding it really, really good. They're finding themselves less stressed and they're finding a, a lot better balance between work and life. So um, I think if you were to need a thing like Asana, Asana would be a good choice because you can, if you go up to those higher levels of the subscription, look at how much time everything that a person does takes and then you can better manage workloads and when things need to be done by and how long that takes which can help you have better visibility over whether a four-day work week would be viable or not for you in your company and then just some last minute things that I want to talk about around some other projects that I'm kind of working on at work obviously so these are some other software things than projects that are at various stages 
and I will probably do an updated podcast episode later in the year with some more pros and cons around the process of integrating these and the pros and cons that we've found while looking at different uh, solutions to our problems and that kind of thing because it all helps you guys out and if if I can help you decide or eliminate on a certain type of software then that's saving you a bunch of time having to not research into one that I think is not the best. So some of the other projects that we're looking at is upgrading our payroll and HR software. Uh, So I'm not a big part of that project, but I'll definitely try and keep you as involved as what I know so that if we come across ones that I definitely think are an instant write-off, I want to let you guys know so that you don't look into them yourselves. And if we find any ones that we think are really good, I will definitely share what those ones are. Um, we're also looking at some um, office, like, I don't even know what you'd call it, but like HR, employee wellness software. So we're looking at Office Vibe and an implementation and trial run of that. So I don't know if you guys have you ever heard of Office Vibe before or you've used Office Vibe before. They look like a really great software. So we're looking at implementing that in the next few months. So I will definitely keep you in tune with how that project is going and if we think that it's a really good option. And if you're, a, I would say a bigger team, if you're small enough, I wouldn't say you'll get the benefit out of it. But if you're a big team, you can't spend as much time with your employees um, and doing that kind of thing. And you need more of like a survey type style software to manage how everybody's feeling about the office and the company and their teams. Office Vibe sounds like a great option. So I'll definitely keep you involved in how we're going with that one. Another one is obviously I've talked about Asana, but Asana is still being rolled out further into the organization. So although I've been using Asana for a number of months, it feels like a long time, there's still more functionality to be rolled out and more people in the organization who are still to actually use it. So I will definitely keep you guys up to date on where that is as well and how the rollout occurs and how we found people um, responded to certain aspects of the rollout and if I think it's been handled good or bad. Um, I'm part of, I'm slightly part of the rollout but not fully part of it. So I'll definitely keep you guys involved in the pros and cons from that part. And there's oh, there's so much technology changes. I feel like this list is going on forever. We're also starting to look at a new ERP system. So I mentioned that I'm currently using MYOB Greentree where I work and that is outdated and it is not a cloud-based system. So it definitely sits in a server. And we, I think, are looking, I don't think we've got our eyes set on any particular accounting software, but I think a cloud-based will solution will probably be what we would end up getting just because of the pros that I talked about in Zero being cloud-based and modern and the way that it can integrate with so many other software solutions it just makes sense to go cloud-based and most modern uh, softwares these days are cloud-based because it's just the way that um, the technology sector is moving so that is something else that we're looking at doing and then the last thing that I can think of software-wise is 
a new forecasting software so again I'm slightly part of this process and I'll keep you guys up to date from memory where they're at with that is I've picked I think about four solutions and we are to start looking through them and trialing them and seeing which ones we think will best suit um, the businesses that we work for and then from those trials we'll then obviously narrow it down to one new forecast software that we will use for our forecasting which I can't wait because our current forecasting is done through Excel and anybody who has experience in big huge Excel files knows how long they take to upload and how much data needs to be pulled in and the ways that they can break and yeah they're just we're pushing Excel to the limit and so I think a actual software solution for them will be saving a lot of time so I am looking forward definitely to that one being um, pushed forward and I think that's about it on the software front so I hope that you all have enjoyed listening to my pros and cons please let me know if you're listening on Spotify in the Q&A section let me know what you think about these software if you've had a different experience if there's upgrades that I don't know about if there's other software and you want to list what you like and dislike about other software so I know what to look for and what not to look for and what softwares are good and bad and if you've had a bad experience with anything or um, a great experience with any of these softwares that I've talked about if you've got any suggestions for uh, the payroll and HR stuff or for a new ERP system or just anything please feel free to comment let me know what you think of this episode and let me know any other tips and tricks that you've got for me that I can incorporate into my work and also if there's any other topics you'd like me to talk about obviously I'll keep firing Um, topics through and podcast episodes through for you guys to listen to but if there's anything you want me to actually talk about that's more relevant to you or if you want to give me questions and I can do like a QA and a um, episode then please 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 put that in the Q&A segment on Spotify so I can read them and I can get back to you and I can answer any questions or and we can have more of like a, a chat. So anyhow, I hope that you've learned something from this episode and um, I'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.